Hello again, guys. This is Ren. I'm back, and uh, I just want to pick right up with where we left off um, with my last comment uh, in the Truth episode about um, believing we're on the the God train and actually uh, being, you know, doing something else. Well, what do I mean by that? If you've chosen to be on the God train, you are just there, right? So this is going into a little bit of um, circling back around to the the truth thing, how we find truth. And one of the most important aspects of that, which is what I'll be talking about today, is understanding deception. We cannot know that we are deceived unless we know what deception looks like. And many times, I mean, none of us like to sit there and say, I, I've probably actually been deceived. Um, most of the time when we read things in the Bible about people that are deceived or following the wrong way or anything like that, we, we think that's, that's for those guys out there, that's some, for some people. But we need to be able to look, talk to God and look at these words for is it me? Is there any chance that I take on this attitude or that I've take on, taken on this ideology that is just ever so slightly off of the true good news? That's another thing I kind of want to hit on is good news. That's what gospel means. It's good news. And yet so many Christians I know and definitely the world, I mean, uh, for all intents and purposes, there is no good news. People, people are not focusing on good news, but we as Christians are supposed to be offering fantastic news, the best news, uh, eternity altering news. So we should have something awesome and fantastic to say. And yet that's not necessarily, uh, all, all peachy and comfortable circumstantially. Okay. Jesus even challenged some people that they didn't, that he knew they wouldn't let go of some of the things that were, that had their heart in the world in order to follow him because it wasn't going to be an easy road. And um, most of the people who did follow him, um, <laughs> had peace, love, all those things to the point of, of being willing to die pretty intense deaths. Um, for the fact that they followed him instead of what people said they should do. So, as I was saying in the last episode, um, the best place to go for truth is in the Bible. And so, that's what I want to do right now. I want to show you how the Bible, literally, if we read, I just want to challenge you to read the words of God for yourself. I'm not talking about make sure you do your devotions, some kind of religious thing you do every day. I'm talking about really look at what is in this that is amazing and revelatory and comes to life when you're searching the scriptures with an open heart and mind, with humility. It, it's it's literally life altering and it is good news. Okay, so I don't think that anything I have to say can compare to what these words 
um, that I'm about to read and that you can read for yourself in, in all the books of the Bible uh, is just amazing stuff. So I'm going to start here in Galatians uh, 1. <clears throat> kind of, this is kind of addressing the, you know, being deceived versus truth kind of thing. And we go to church and we say, well, the pastor said this or that. And of course, we're not deceived because a bunch of people believe this way or the whole church does or we're a network of many churches that, you know, and we're all we've all got the thing going. Well, here's the thing. Um, sometimes the bigger the organization, um, the more chance there is that it's and not always, but the more chance there is that there's some things getting a little off here and there. So what can you do about that? I'm not saying don't be a part of a big organization. I'm saying make sure that you have your own relationship with God to test what everything and everyone is doing within that organization to make sure that you are not one of the ones being pulled into deception. Okay, so with that in mind, Galatians 1 verse 6. Paul says, I am shocked that you are turning away so soon from God who called you to himself through the loving mercy of Christ. You are following a different way that pretends to be the good news, but is not the good news at all. You are being fooled by those who deliberately twist the truth concerning Christ. Okay, so we're trying to find truth. He's going into the, the, the Galatian church, you know, hey, you know, I'm, 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 I'm glad you're brothers and sisters in the Lord and everything, but, but you're getting off here a little bit. It's, it's not good. Some people are, are coming in that it isn't, it isn't good. So I'll continue on reading so you can see where this is going. <clears throat> he said, let God's curse in verse eight fall on anyone, including us or even an angel from heaven who preaches a different kind of good news than the one we preach to you. I say again that we, what we have said before, if anyone preaches any other, quote, good news than, one, than the one that you welcomed, let that person be cursed. Obviously, I'm, Paul, am not trying to win the approval of people, but of God. If pleasing people were my goal, I would not be Christ's servant. Interesting how he makes that def defining remark of <laughs> there's no way. That's the two masters thing. What people think we should do or being Christ's servant. Which is it going to be? Because people are going to tell you you're crazy <laughs> when you obey some of the things the Holy Spirit asks us to do. He never told us it would be socially comfortable or easy to follow him and be his servant and spread the true good news. So he goes on to say in 11, Dear brothers and sisters, I want you to understand that the gospel message I preach is not based on mere human reasoning. I mean, this is where Paul gets really uh, verified to me as it has to be from God. I mean, this is a guy that literally... Um, he, he, you couldn't have found someone that would have persecuted Christ followers more than this guy. So if he had some other kind of agenda besides an actual experience with God that changed his heart and mind 
to the truth. Why in the world? He could not have been doing it for money, for power, prestige. He had all of that prior to this disruption from, from the one true God, from Jesus himself, that made him know truth. And he was willing, he loved the truth so much, he was willing to sacrifice all for the rest of his life. Um, for the love of it and to help us understand it. So I just love how this verifies, um, his, his, his whole stance, even though I don't always love everything Paul has to say, I have to realize that, um, I've got to come in line with truth, even if it does make me uncomfortable. So he says, I want you to understand that the gospel message I preach is not based on mere human reasoning. I have received my message from no human source and no one taught me. Instead, I received it by direct revelation from Jesus Christ. Now, how could he do that? <clears throat> this is not listening to, I mean, he didn't even go to the disciples. Hey, what's this Jesus thing about? <clears throat> he wanted a, a relationship. He wanted to understand God for himself, his own spirit connecting with the Holy Spirit. So he goes into, you know, you know what I was like and I, with the Jewish religion and I persecuted God's church. I did my best to destroy it. Um, I had more zeal than all the others. Okay. <clears throat> but he's going in God's amazing grace. He chose me even before I was born to reveal his son to me so that I could proclaim this actual good news about Jesus to the Gentiles, the non-Jewish people. Okay, now I was paraphrasing um, some of those verses, just kind of summarizing. So when this happened, I did not rush out and consult with any human being, he says in 16. Nor did I go up to Jerusalem to consult with those who were apostles before I was. Instead, I went into Arabia and later returned to the city of Damascus. Then three years later, this is verse 18, Galatians 1. Three years later, I went to Jerusalem to get to know Peter. Okay, so, so this guy gets a revelation from Jesus Christ himself. He tests it. He travels. He talks to God. He begins to realize that this is something he's really going to need to chew on. He was a human like us in the fact that you, when you have a revelation like that, you want to... I mean, talking about an adjustment in your mind of everything you thought to be true. Uh, wow. Not anything like what you thought, what you thought was pleasing God even wasn't even pleasing God. And so he looks to me like based on these scriptures that he went away for a while to wrestle this thing out with God and to continue to receive divine revelation directly from him, not making sure that some other human opinion uh, was the right thing or whatever. But <clears throat> what's awesome about that though, is that he does come to verify it appearingly before he starts preaching. He says, then I came to get to know Peter. I stayed with him for 15 days. The only other apostle I met at the time was James, the Lord's brother. I declare before God that what I'm writing to you is not a lie. So this is the truth. Okay. Before God, he's claiming it's the truth. I love the Bible. This is where we can find truth. It's amazing. Okay. After that visit, I went north to the providence of Syria and Sicilia, 
and I went to the Christians in the churches of Judea, and they didn't know me personally. All they knew is what people were saying. The one who used to persecute us is now preaching the very faith he tried to destroy, and they praised God because of me. Okay, and chapter 2, Galatians 2, goes on to talk about how when he came and preached and these other apostles were there, that not only did anything that he had to say oppose what they knew, but they didn't even have anything to add to it. That's how right on he was. That has to be the Holy Spirit. When he went away after this revelation or had several revelations during it or while he was gaining truth from God, he waited and it was verified that he had actually heard from God when he got around the apostles and they, they approved his message as being the truth they knew because they had walked with Jesus too. So, so this was real. The truth got solidified both by his time with God, by himself after uh, the road to Damascus experience and also by humans later that were also in touch with what the Holy Spirit was doing, the Holy Spirit being truth. Okay. So I, I, I love this stuff and I think it's so important to understand what he's talking about with not getting deceived by what people, people in churches, people anywhere are saying, but going to the Bible, our own selves and, and asking for revelation, asking for divine intervention in our brains and, and being willing if we do see a place that we were deceived to, to turn away from that and say, okay, I was Lord, get me out of that. Right. That should not be where we're, (laughs) is a place like that really where we're willing to stay for the sake of our pride. We'll give up our soul, maybe even our life. Because we don't want to, we don't want to think that we were deceived. Here's the thing. If you're deceived, how can you know it? That is the, the, the definition of deception. You wouldn't know it unless God reveals it to you. So you've got to be willing to ask him and then be willing to see it when he shows us. Right? So this is, this is really huge. I, I hope this helped a lot. Um, In my next episode, I'm going to go into the freedom in Christ that I mentioned in the first one. Uh, We really need to unpack that because, again, the truth should set us free. So once we get past our pride, realize that there could be things we're deceived about and we're seeking truth for ourselves, the freedom it brings is absolutely amazing. Till next time, guys. Over now.